0: Hey, Pat Moran with Healthier Money, really excited to have uh, another podcast today and, and to be with our guest, Angela Ole. So from uh, Assisted Living Locator, should I pronounce the last name correct? Olea. Olea, okay. Yeah, just Ole. <laughs> um, so Angela uh, has uh, a very neat company and profession that uh, will affect people in their lives more so than, than they'll ever know. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. But as I get started, Coronavirus. It's on everybody's mind. It's out there. What are you seeing in the, uh, especially in the assisted living community and, and with what you're doing day to day, uh, with, you know, that's a real large part of the populace. That's directly affected by the disease more so than maybe younger people. So, um, are you getting calls? Are you getting people that are nervous about that or worried about their loved ones? how are you handling all that issue?
1: it it is something that's coming up for the uh, assisted living locators for our franchisees across the u.s Um, it's already hit uh, in washington and a long-term care rehabilitation center Uh, to my knowledge that's the only center that it's hit but one of the things that we've educated on and worked with the different communities is awareness of of bringing visitors into the community and making sure that um, that there's that we're bringing people in that have making sure that they don't have any signs symptoms and that they're feeling healthy, and also sharing with the other communities that a few of the communities have already implemented mm-hmm. uh, making sure you follow these processes when you okay. come into the building. So we've shared that with others. So right now it's just preventative um, for bringing in guests, but fortunately. Um, it, the exposure right now for our uh, families, many of the, the elderly are living in their own home. Hmm. And so they are they don't have the high exposures sure. of, of a lot of travel sure. and things like that.
0: Are you getting uh, phone calls from people that, you know, have said, you know, uh, my, my dad or mom's got the flu, oh my goodness, we need to get him some type of care. Any of your franchise seeing that? Or is it, my fear is, is that, I'm not trying to downplay the severity of, of this illness, but I also know that sometimes these things take on, uh, you know, a path all of their own, or right. made this big. Then, um,
1: no, and and typically that's not the call that we get anyway. The call that we get is if if somebody has an elderly has had a fall. Okay, they've had a stroke. They've had a debilitating. Um, Something has happened that has prevented them from receiving care. Okay. Otherwise, if it's if it's just an acute illness or a short term illness, they're going to go. Um, if they're going to follow a path of doctor, hospital, and then um, rehabilitation if that's the case. Okay.
0: So let's talk about that. What do you do, and
1: how do you do it? All right. So assisted living locators. What we do is. We are matchmakers. We're like the eHarmony of senior care. So okay. we we have a process. We work with families and identify. Uh, we do go through a discovery um, mm. when their loved one is no longer safely able to live independently in, in their situation. And we get the phone call or meet or get a referral, meet with the family and discover what what is the issue, what are their needs. And then we explore all of the options from location, their finances, the health of the individual, the age of the individual, support system, what is their social um, situation, and we begin developing a plan okay. uh, for the family and. Um, then if it involves going to senior living communities, much like a realtor, we handhold and go with them and go evaluate the properties that match right. their needs. And then we help facilitate a seamless transition from move-in, following up with the families to see how is this working out? Is it meeting your needs, expected and unexpected? Is mom starting to thrive, walking them through the different steps in the process? And then continuing to follow up with the families for years after to ensure Hmm. how are things going um situations change loved ones pass um, uh, so there might be other moves involved or um you know they they really endorsed that that was a great situation and maybe it expanded their life you know by many years
0: sounds expensive
1: It, the cost of care is continuously going up. Average cost of care is about $4,000 a month Mm -hmm. for assisted living Mm -hmm. and memory care can be significantly more than that. And the most expensive type of care, um, hard to believe is getting care in your home In home care. The, um, 24 hour care is going to run anywhere in 22,000 to 25,000 and even higher and certain parts of the country. So. And then
0: uh, how does your firm charge for its fees?
1: Great question. Uh, our services are free to the families. Wow. So the consultation and all of the, the follow up and the services, we are paid by the providers and our network our vetted providers.
0: That's great, Angela. If I could give you a dollar for every time I was in meetings or with people that said, but I do have long-term care, I have Medicare. (laughs) Right. And you know that people say that.
1: That is that is such a common misconception that that we're faced with, and it's often the most difficult conversation when we get, begin exploring. Uh, this is a generation, the generation that we're working with, really didn't share their finances with their adult children. It okay. was a very private, um, private situation. So oftentimes, until the the adult child is going through the 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 process, right. that's their first awareness of what is the cost of care. And they they would choose to have their loved one at home with the, the care services until they hear the the cost and that Medicare is not going to pay for that. Right. And it is it is a sticker shock and I've been through that thousands of times. Oh, I can imagine.
0: Can you, um, so talk a little bit about that. What does Medicare do? I mean, what, how much does it really cover? And, and we, you know, people, I, one of the things that we really try to pride ourselves on in in our practice is really trying to blow the cover off of many misconceptions that people have um, or preconceived notions. Let's talk about Medicare. What does it really do? What can you expect?
1: So Medicare is, as I mentioned, if, if someone goes into the hospital and, the days before going into the hospital, so it'll cover uh, doctor visits, okay. physical therapy visits. If it's related to an injury, it is triggered when someone goes into the hospital. Okay, and there's a minimum number of stays that of days that uh, a senior has to stay in the hospital for Medicare to cover beyond that in a a skilled nursing. And so it's an acute care is in the the hospital and it's subacute when they go into the rehabilitation. So after uh, someone has been in the hospital for a certain number of days, and again, they have to meet that. Then if they still have skilled needs, such as they've got wound care, uh, they've got, swallowing difficulties for occupational therapy, if they have physical needs that meet uh, the requirements, then they can go to a, a subacute or a nursing, skilled nursing, and it will cover the first, depending on your insurance, um, it will cover if you have a Medicare Advantage plan versus if you have okay. straight Medicare. And there are a certain number of days that are covered a 100%. Okay. And with if you have the typical Medicare and after those days, usually it's the 20 days, 21 days, so, Wow! and then your secondary, if you don't have a secondary, then you're picking those costs up. Huh. Um, and so it, it's only
0: about a hundred days, really. I mean, I know a maximum situations. of a hundred yeah.
1: yeah. days, but if your typical, um, And if someone what we've also seen um, is if someone is in the hospital, but they they weren't admitted, they might have been look like they were in a hospital room, but there's um, an observation uh, place that they're admitted within the hospital. And what was happening in certain circumstances, they were saying two days officially as a a patient and then going to the rehabilitation and the entire rehabilitation was not covered under that state because it didn't meet. And so there's really an education process on all different aspects. Um, And so it is something that families, it it can hit, it's a financial crisis. It It can be a huge amount of money.
0: Well, the time to be dealing with this is now everybody, uh, a lot of people try to deal with this after it's happened. So it becomes all reactive, which only creates more chaos, family shuffling, figuring out the finances. Arizona has, you know, the long-term care partnership, which requires very aggressive spend down of assets. And you feel bad for the spouse that needs the care, but the surviving spouse, wow, they can become impoverished. And I'm sure you've seen this. Tell us some stories.
1: You know, it one of the things and, and that we've seen we've got 130 offices across the US okay. and, and is you mentioned Arizona is one of the the states that does have a, a program that is will help pay for long term care and an assisted living. Okay. Many states have no program and it doesn't cover any type of assisted living. Wow. It'll cover nursing home care. Right. Um, And, but when you talk about the the VA, uh, one of the things that have been devastating is if the the veteran themselves have passed and the healthy spouse is now the surviving spouse and they have depleted their entire funds caring for their spouse. And then to hear now they're starting to need care and they've depleted their funds. And then to learn that their spouse was a veteran, so they could have qualified for this and at that point they would have been a perfect candidate a married couple would have been a perfect candidate for um, for doing applying for the the Medicaid program right. so that the the funds would have been allocated for the healthy spouse and for the the one that required the care
0: mm-hmm. but
1: to spend down uh, for the healthy spouse to spend down all of their funds and now be depleted and have nothing left to care for themselves That's a shame. and you don't even want to say anything about the
0: know what they could have had i'm not uh, totally up to date but i remember it used to be you could have like sixty thousand dollars of equity in your home an automobile that was ten thousand or less and like a couple thousand in cash i mean the required spend down is crazy
1: right and even with the spend down uh, we get a call for um People don't know that oftentimes they now have to share a, a bedroom. They have to share an apartment oh, with someone point. else. So, Medicaid does not always cover having your own private apartment or private room. Right. And so, that can be a, a really big shock to someone who's lived in their own home or lived independently and not had that um, to consider or family will have to supplement if it's not available as an option at that particular property. And and that's, so it's, it, it definitely is a shock for the individual. I had
0: a family that uh, actually the best they could do was put the, their parent, you know, a couple hours away, you know, the system, that the, the facility that was open wasn't in their backyard. It was, this is what's open, take it or leave it and uh, my fear is that it's only going to become you know even much bigger than what we've seen with the amount of baby boomers that are transitioning right now into retirement and how we're living longer that um, if you don't have planning the choices that you may be forced with accepting uh, aren't going to be to your liking i always say there's this line that you control and this line that they control which line would you rather be in
1: and that that is the planning part is really important and, and for us uh for our advisors when working with a family we know which properties that if you're in the best property it might be two years that you have to two or three years of private pay right. and then if your funds have depleted you're at least in the right spot and then they do have medicaid beds but only for their the individuals who've spent down at their community. And so, for those that are coming already depleted without the funds, the inventory and the selection is is very much depleted, and, and families are, are um, it's a tough conversation. And it's a challenge working um, with the families to find that match and that satisfaction. Um, and, you know, when someone's got long term care or they fund it properly, those are the amount of options that we have, especially in Arizona is tremendous.
0: Well, and I would imagine that, uh, you know, uh, frankly, care facilities and uh, nursing groups, things like that would like to see that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, we're gonna, frankly, roll out the red carpet to, to do the best they can for those people because there are money and resources available to pay for it. And if you don't, then you really are at the, I guess from what you're saying, at the whims of the system.
1: Yes, that would be accurate.
0: So you touched on something that I think is really important. Someone needs long-term care. What are you seeing with families having to get involved in this whole process and the amount of reshuffling that's taking place in their lives? Um, I read where family care to loved ones if it was an industry, it would like be the third biggest industry in the United States right now, being hundreds of billions of dollars of money spent on doing this? I'm sure you're seeing that.
1: It is. It's it's a it's a, a crisis that I've seen. Um, I saw it over ten years ago. I was preaching about the crisis that was coming for the putting together employee assistance programs okay. telling the employers to, to be alert, to get these plans, do be proactive um, for their elderly parents. Okay. Um, and it, it is in, in crisis mode with the amount of time off that people are taking if they can't, if they're physically there and they've got an aging loved one that's um, at a distance and they call in their loved ones, not answering, did they fall? Did, is mom taking her medications right. appropriately? Did they make their doctor's appointment? They're driving, but they shouldn't be. And so mentally, it it is taking its toll. Even if physically they're in the office, but we're seeing a reduction in in the number of hours, the more time off that they're having to take to care for their um, for their aging parents. And and there's a shift that I'm seeing as well that there's jobs are not as forgiving when you have to keep putting out fires. And a lot of times the adult parents are at least 200 miles away from their, Uh the parents and the the adult children are 200 plus miles away. And so there's a shift that, that can happen where the adult child can potentially lose their job because of the caregiving. Um, and then they're shifting. Sometimes the care they're telling mom or dad, you need to move to me. I can't do this at a, at a wow. distance. And so um, the great thing with, you know, our medication and, and technology and tools, people are living longer and longer. Right. Um, but the bad part is, is that we didn't plan. Um, many people did not plan properly to accommodate the type of care that the aging process was I going have to a
0: very good client that uh, her, she lives in Sun City and her immediate family lives up in Washington. And they've told her, mom, you need to move home so we can give you care and you're here and we can help you out. And she's like, but my whole life's here,
1: right?
0: you know, and you're asking me to make a major sacrifice, but they're saying, mom, if you're not here, we can't, you know, there's not a lot we can do to help you and you know, what it does to our lives and flying around. So gosh, I'm sure that's gotta be commonplace.
1: That that is, nine out nine times out of ten that's what um, the adult children are faced with is the the breaks the parents really pumping the brakes on mm-hmm. maintaining that what independence that that they have and the fear away from moving from what they're familiar with and um, what we see is you know when there is a shift when they get that supportive care whether it's in assisted living or whether it's home with um, some support services in place the thriving of that social lubrication and that longevity that comes but it's a healthier
0: it's right. a healthy
1: longevity and it's a revitalization so that fear is often unfounded and right. once they transition um, they find that it's a huge relief not having to worry about you know, if they're going to slip and fall and, and no one's going to be there to check on them, that they won't even know um, because they may not have any interaction with someone for 24, 48 hours.
0: Right. I, um, you know, I think a lot of people think it's never going to happen to them. Yes. And I'm sure those are many of the stories that your franchisees are, are saying is, it just caught the family totally off guard. They had no plan in place and just look at, the chaos it's created. Um, you're hearing a lot of those stories probably?
1: Yes, and, and you know, what they do see is they see little warning signs and, and they they get, they are reactive to that. It alerts and we may get the first phone call. And then it's it's a pump that brakes because mm-hmm. no, no, mom or dad is fine. They just got, you know, something happened with the car or they got their medications, but we're putting this step in place and it's prolonging and prolonging. And then when it is, it's a crisis. And oftentimes on that oh. phone call, they need to make a move and it needs to happen because there's an accident. There's a major pain or trigger that there is no choice that the doctor has said, your mom is not safe. Your mom or dad is unsafe to be home right without someone without care 24 hours.
0: There really needs to be better education. Um, you know, it's funny. We're, we insure our home, we insure our car. I mean, our house has like a one in one thousand chance, you know, of of burning down or you know getting in a major accident or our property and stuff. But yet, I, I saw where seventy percent of people over seventy run the risk of needing some type of long-term care or assisted living. But yet, we do the car, the house, and all these different things, and push that to the wayside.
1: Yeah, thousands and thousands of families that we work with. And it, it's an anomaly when we get someone who's properly insured to pay wow. for it. it. It is the exception to the rule. And it truly it's something that that you hear and, and we share. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and there are, now we're seeing some some newer policies that are built mm-hmm. on insurance, which is wonderful, but we're seeing sporadically the old long term care right. insurance that are just, you know, that And when we get those, I mean, it's thrilling because the family can, it's a lot easier for the family to make a decision when it's not based on how much am I going to have to contribute. And we are having more and more families that are having to pitch in because mom, absolutely mom or dad absolutely are not going to meet the threshold for being in, um, there are going to be options but not the type of options that they would feel comfortable um, for their loved one.
0: We uh, just went this, you know, God rest her soul, with my mother-in-law uh, who uh, suffered a brain aneurysm in October. And it was uh, a long, drawn-out process and she, she passed away. And um, we had what we thought great planning in place. And we still got bills uh, over 80000 yeah. and. Wow. Uh, uh, she God. had to go to one of these hospitals locally because the ambulance company was obligated the fire department to take her to the nearest facility. And I remember just doing a six-mile lifelight to Barrows Neurological Institute here in, in Arizona, which is world famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, was about $30,000. And I was sitting there thinking, how do people pay for this? Why aren't people making this more of a priority? And uh, I'm afraid, Angela, that the coronavirus is scared as we are now. Long term care and what we're going to see with that moving forward is going to make the coronavirus look like, you know, uh, a pimple on your arm. It's going to be explosive. Do you think that also?
1: Oh, I think we've only seen the tip of the iceberg of what type of. Um, what kind of pressure it's going to place on on families, on the states, to to help step in where it, there's a huge shortfall, right. and it's it is definitely that it's at crisis mode right now because very few families um, you've got you've got a big discrepancy. You've got those who have, and you've got a huge population of those who have not. Right. And that that is increasing, um, the number of those mm. that, that haven't. And But for those who have, it, it again, the, the choices that are out there are just amazing. Sure. Um, what the senior living communities and the amenities and the the benefits that they're providing. Right. Um, mm. And so it, it is definitely education and getting out there. And it's a good time for us. When we talk with the adult children, sometimes it is—it's it, often too late. It is too late by the time there's a crisis for the elderly parents if they found, if they have failed to plan properly. Mm-hmm. It, at that point, it's too late for implementing any any insurances or what have you. Mm-hmm. We we look for all different kinds of ways to help pay for that. But for the adult child. It, it is an opportunity and oftentimes that's the trigger for them to say, Oh my gosh, I cannot go through this.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't
1: want my children going through this. I need to do something and seeing.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. Um, people have got to start taking action. Um, and I have seen being in this business for 34 years. I have seen the, the financial consequences of not planning But i've also heard and seen the stories of planning and having the proper things in place what a huge difference it can make for the families so talk to me a little bit about as we wrap up here how does your process work i need help um what's the best way to get started and and doing things with uh with your company
1: so assisted living locators we've like i said we're in Uh, we've got 130 franchises and we're in 35 states and the process we work together so if we have an advisor in one state and mom's in a different state okay we we coordinate care okay and it's finding us on the internet and we've got an assessment tool that will tell them here's some options this is what you need to consider Mm -hmm. we have a live um you know if they call or oftentimes if they go to their healthcare professionals, they will refer to us as well. And so it starts off with a phone call and just finding out during that discovery and we'll be able to quickly assess those needs and provide next steps and provide options and help look at what they're currently at for, um, do they have resources to pay for it through all different types of means from veterans to reverse mortgage, To life insurance, to um, do they have family that can contribute pension. Um, There's a wealth of options. You're right, out there. And we that's that's such an important part. Is there a long-term care insurance policy? And make that phone call and do that discovery on that. And that's probably one of the biggest things because without that, it's hard to match make with a proper option. and and really get those so it's a phone call we talk with them and and help provide those options and simple phone call
0: okay so um what would you advise people to do to maybe get some preparations and things in place now
1: meet with a financial advisor and talk with their insurance um, about what are the costs depending on their age what is you know really looking at Um, what is the cost of care because we see it go up three to six percent per year. Wow. Um, And just being prepared for that and and how they're um, doing their planning.
0: Right. So, you know, in Healthier Money, one of the things that we really do is, is we educate people and make them aware of the different options that are out there. And just like you touched upon, there are a lot of great planning tools and solutions that are available people just have to take a second to learn about them, ask, and and, and we as financial planning professionals need to have that conversation too. Like, I know it can be an unpleasant conversation, but imagine that I'm talking to you, your mom just went into assisted living care, and I'm talking to you about liquidating your, you know, 400,000 that you had in your 401k that you saved your whole life, that you now have to use to pay for the care of your mother, when we could have easily tackle this with, you know, some some simple solutions. And, you know, I hear bad things per se about traditional long term care. It's expensive. I may or may not use it. The policies are always changing, blah, 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 blah. But there's such a movement now to so many other solutions other than that. And uh, I think it's refreshing to hear you say that the conversation and the planning starts now. And does your company help with some of that? Do you? We have partners
1: in different states that for financial advisors, it's certainly something that and and again, with the adult children, that's a conversation. um, Do they have someone? Where do you go? Right. Um, But we do get referrals from financial advisors because people have plans, some some have planned. Like you said, oftentimes it's to liquidate and it's that that not so pleasant conversation. Sure. But, yeah, it's the referral to strategic partners, knowing who are resources in in your different area.
0: client that we worked with when he was 40 to get a policy in place so that, you know, he was young. It was inexpensive. So now, as he's, you know, approaching his 60s, he says, oh, I'm so happy that I'm not dealing with that now based on where costs could be now. And we are living longer. So with that technology becomes potential risk of, Live, keeping you alive to keep you alive maybe not the quality of life that you want but it can be very expensive uh in dealing with this so um again anything you want to add as we wrap up here
1: um you know just um be aware get that contingency plan in place and it's better to have it not need it than need it not have it okay good so, point
0: good point um, well i i can't thank you enough for what you're doing i think you. that Uh, People need to be doing this and need to be thinking about this now, especially with your loved ones. If you're young, get out in front of this. Don't be reactive, be proactive. And your company sounds like it's really committed to to helping people and making a difference so that long-term care and assisted living doesn't wipe out family resources and and time and, and create all these problems that unfortunately you and I have seen way too often
1: start the conversation now
0: so again what's your website
1: assistedlivinglocators.com
0: okay and maybe a best phone number to get in contact with you
1: 480-807-HELP
0: and why don't you share your email i know we'll have the links below here in in our uh, presentation okay Okay. all right um so lastly this has been pat moran with healthier money uh, and with angela uh, from assisted living locators you need to be dealing with this now Let's have that conversation of what's available to you uh, and take a look at the options that you can get out in front of this so that it's not being a financial disaster by being on the back end of this. Thanks for listening today.